It's something to carp about. Welcome to our very first edition. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and something to carp about meaning we are going to talk about carpenteria. It doesn't mean something to complain about, uh, because there is so very little to complain about here. And in order to put you in better touch with this lovely beach community, I'm reaching out to some of the more prominent citizens of Carpinteria, some of the more well-known folks, and some of the folks who know about the town in and out. So my very first guest, I'm proud to say, is fellow radio geek and very dear friend David J. Thank you for being my first guest on Something to Carp About. Now, can we get the carp in here? Is there room for the carp? I got carp and I got I got some swordfish. <laughs> And some halibut. You but know, I, I most I got carp. I got all this damn carp. You know that's where one, am I gonna put it? That's there's one, no room in here for the carp. Of all the fish we have, I never see them. I. That's something I can really complain about. What would I? What would I call that? What would I? I don't know. Jesus well, Christ. We have decided to call it something to carp about. <laughs> okay. Actually, you gave me the idea and the I did. to the show. So I I'm did. very, very happy okay. about that. Very <laughs> pleased that you could be here. I tell you what. Oh, goodness. Uh, let's break this thing in, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Uh, we're breaking in the equipment. Hopefully not breaking the equipment. Okay. Uh, but have us tell you a little bit about yourself, uh, your background. For the folks who don't know of David J. of Carpinteria, uh, tell us a little bit about your illustrious career in radio. I am a meat popsicle, uh, and am uh, currently wanted by the FBI. No, seriously. Um, what can I say? I just am guy, and uh, they showed me which which end of a microphone to speak into a long time ago, and that was probably a mistake. Uh, and so I spent a long time uh, doing that. And now, uh, I don't know, I don't do that anymore. And uh, so now I'm doing something else. Well, you gravitated over to podcast land well, no. because a lot of broadcasters Well, do. I mean, that podcasting is, you know, podcasting is, is fun. It's, a, you know, it, it has microphones too. So I right. kind of know my way around that. But currently, um, I don't know. You know that weird old guy that uh, works the overnight shift of the Motel 6? You bet. That's me. (laughs) I'm that guy. And uh, my many years of knowing which end of a microphone to speak into has uh, uniquely qualified me for this particular phase of my life. How so? Well, I mean... uh, most of the time, most of the people that come into the hotel uh, speak some language, most of them English, occasionally not, but usually communicate by using the voice. And as it turns out, my time in radio uh, gave me a lot of skill in using my voice to communicate to other individuals. So that comes in quite handy um, at the Motel 6. I taught broadcasting for a while in the late 80s, and you would be surprised perhaps to hear how many people took the course not to get into radio or into broadcasting, but to be able to better communicate. Um, I know that a lot of people um, have got into communications 
to just improve their public speaking skills or their business presentation skills or that sort of thing. And so they don't necessarily want to be, you know, uh, the next Wolfman Jack, but they do want to be the next, um, you know, uh, the corporate executive and they need, they know they need to be able to get up in front of a lot of people right? and basically perform, you know? And so that's, you know, that comes in handy. If you can, if you can do that, you can do a lot. If you can be comfortable in front of people speaking to them and communicating to them, there's almost nothing you can't do. True. True. You know, well, we are sitting before microphones that work today because we both live in Carpinteria. Uh, you much longer than me. I just gravitated over here from Santa Barbara a few months ago. Uh, always have been deeply in love with the area, though. Whenever I was looking for a place to go for lunch or to take a cruise uh, going around from Santa Barbara just to explore the area, Carp was always one of the first stops I would always make. And I absolutely love the town, and I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, I'm lacking perspective, obviously, because I haven't been here all that long. Uh, But it seems to me, and I wanted to run this by you, that for the longest time, Carpinteria was just this very sleepy place where really not much happened. Uh, You know, there were a few little local issues that people uh, would get worked up about or be concerned about. But in recent years, there's been an explosion of major issues uh, happening in Carpinteria, kind of making it the focal point of the South Coast, in my opinion. Well, I don't know about any other issue that's kind of bringing us to the attention of people outside of the area other than cannabis. I mean, the fact that we're growing so much cannabis here in Carpinteria. I mean, Santa Barbara County as a whole is growing a lot of cannabis, and a lot of it's not in in Carpinteria, a lot of it's up north, you know, by Lompoc or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, so as a but as a county, we're growing a considerable amount of the state's cannabis right now, and a considerable amount of that cannabis that's being grown in the county is being grown right here, and people feel, feel very strongly about that, both as a social issue and as a kind of a health issue, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I, there's a lot of people kind of throwing rocks about that, but I, I don't know. Well, I'm also referring to the freeway expansion, the possibility of expanding our uh, hotel oh, base, I, tourist I, base. Yeah, I, there are just some issues that I, have bubbled up. Lately. I guess I guess I'm thinking about things that are uniquely Carpinteria and aren't necessarily like Galita. I think what I'm referring to is the fact that all these things are not those are not typical Carpinteria things, and that, like I said, this is kind of a new well, era that we're in yes with this and town. No. I mean, a lot of what I hear about the growing pains of Carpinteria. Maria, I know I've heard about other areas of California, certainly very nearby, like places like Goleta or whatever, you know, they've been through a lot of those pains. And so a lot of the freeway expansion, I think, is not really a carpenter. I mean, we made it a carpentry issue, but it's the U.S. 101, for Christ's sakes. They yes. got to they gotta put a lane in there. They're going to have to do it. It sucks. Yes, it sucks. But you know what? It's going to be fine when it's all done. And so people will complain about that. But that's just, I don't think that's a really an issue so much as it just people are carping about that. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's take it in proportion to the populations. Carpinteria arguably is the most heavily impacted community. 
from the 101 expansion because of the size. Well, well, then it's our only main thoroughfare. Santa Barbara's a much bigger town that will probably be able to tolerate it a little bit. At better. the moment, well, then also you got to consider what's actually being done because the freeway expansion's happening between here and Santa Barbara. So Santa Barbara's already got three lanes. Right. So once you get to Milpas, you're fine. So it's happening in Carpinteria and Montecito and Summerlin. That's just what it is. And so that's where they started in Carp. And because Carpinteria needed the most work, they needed to knock bridges down, whereas they're not going to have to do that in Summerlin uh, and Montecito. And so... The pain here in Carpinteria is just more focused because there's more stuff they're they're having to do. Yeah. And once and and you know when it's all over and done with. I mean, I remember I remember when they when they went to three lanes in Galita. You know, when I was living out there, you know, and I it sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While it's happening, yeah. But now that it's in place, you don't even remember that. And you don't. You don't. I mean, do you remember the original Fairview overpass? Well, no, not really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I but get guess you. what? They had to knock it down. It's like they've had to knock down Casitas Pass. You know. Yeah. So whatever. So 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 the one hundred and one for me is a uh, if people going through Carpinteria, it doesn't really affect Carpinteria as a community. You know, we complain about the freeway traffic and blah, 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 blah. but you know what? Mostly, it's just people who are. Heading from Ventura to Santa Barbara. And yes, a lot of them get off on the side roads. And that is a danger to the people of Carpinteria. There's no doubt about that. Um, and that is a concern to the community. But but aside from that, the commute is mostly on the freeway. And right. if, if, you, if you stay off those main side roads as much as you can, whether it's, you know, Carp Ave, well, which is tough because that's the street that goes through town. But, uh, you know, if you can... Stay off of you know V Real or whatever if you can or whatever. Then do it, you know. Just don't go. Just don't go at seven o'clock in the morning. It uh, sucks. I would I, I would uh, put forth that uh, as far as those side roads between here and Santa Barbara, a lot of us Carpinterians are the ones using it because well, I, we know we don't want to mess with one hundred and one at certain times of the day. Yeah, I can tell you that at six forty-five each morning religiously, that's when the CHP sends their mm-hmm. their assist mm-hmm. with construction mm-hmm. unit, and that's when things tend to really slow that's down. That's true. That's true. Uh, so from that point on until it clears up around nine o'clock, sometimes people want to go around. It's just you know a, a matter of getting to work. Well, you know, and I I I uh, <laughs> I worked the overnight shift at the Motel Six and. So I stand there on the parking lot at 7 o'clock in the morning and watch the traffic on the 101 freeway going northbound, crawling past, just inching by, Mm. inching by, 7 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, I'm thinking, hey, not me. (laughs) I live and work in Carpinteria. I don't have to get on the freeway. I'm so thankful for that. But it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. You know, it's rough. But it has to be done. It yeah. has to be done. Right. So uh, what it, are you going to do? It's part of evolution and history. And this is something to carp about. My guest is David J. And we'll be right back. You can't buy a best friend. You can love them, walk them, pet them, and care for them, whether they want you to or not. You can take a picture or 50. You can fly to the moon, travel the world. 
or just stay in bed. You can't buy a best friend like that, but you can adopt one. There are millions of pets waiting for a best friend just like you. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. It's the first edition of Something to Carp About. I'm Dennis Mitchell, and my guest today is David J., longtime broadcaster, carpenterian, and all-around good guy, who I'm very, very <laughs> pleased uh, consented to be my first oh, guest. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, uh, when I moved to Santa Barbara in 2015 um, from Las Vegas, the contrast was so jarring oh, yeah, in seeing a community that uh, <laughs> bent over backwards and did its very best to preserve its history and make things look and be a certain way so as to be nice, having come from a place where it's the opposite. Let's, let's knock it down and put something new up there and see if it flies. And even if it doesn't, we're going to leave it up and then we'll knock it down in a few years. Anyway, yeah. the contrast has been amazing. Well, Carpinteria is a nice little uh, sub-universe of that. Uh, all over this wonderful town, I see efforts to keep uh, history preserved. Uh, I see rather than tearing down a building, they'll move it to a better location. People take note of the history here, and they're very proud of it and, and, and love being in these surroundings. That's, uh, like I said, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, except that <laughs> it's just so wonderful and such a contrast to, to where I came from. Well, I love it because um, it's something we don't really... We don't have a lot out here in California. And, of course, I'm from the West. I was you know, born in Phoenix, Arizona, and I grew up out here in the Santa Barbara area. So I don't really know anything, you know, East Coast, really, except for being a visitor or what I see on TV. Uh-huh. Uh, but it seems like out here in California, aside from the fact that we've got a few missions that are a couple hundred years old, um, our history is not as old as, say, New York. I mean, sure, there's San Francisco or whatever, but that's about it. I it's mean, a different L- thing. LA, LA was built in the 50s. Yeah, it's it totally wasn't, different it wasn't, thing. And that was the 1950s and not the 1850s. Right. So we just have a, we have a, we, our grasp of permanent history is a little different, I think. And of course, the difference between New York and London, for example, is a whole other thing. Then you're talking about Europe, that it's really hundreds of years old. But here in California, we're used to things being a few decades old. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're talking about like a place like Las Vegas, um, it's kind of funny because uh, people love the old uh, neon junkyard so much because they kind of they have this nostalgia for that stuff. But it's it's a junkyard. Yeah, it's not a museum. Is a junkyard, yeah, and a historic junkyard, yeah, historic sure. junkyard, <laughs> and and Las Vegas is about what's new, what's new, what's new. It's always building, 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 and out here, especially here in Santa Barbara, it's like no, we don't want it, we don't want that. We want to preserve. We love the way it is. And we don't want it to change. And if it's going to be new, we want it to look like old. Well, that's and actually that's something that Santa Barbara's kind of got a got a corner on, which I'm awfully glad about. People who know about the history of uh, Santa Barbara know that back a hundred years ago, back in the 1920s, there was a pretty severe earthquake in Santa Barbara that destroyed a lot of buildings uh, and you know damaged other ones and things like our historic mission and stuff was pretty heavily damaged. And a lot of the buildings were more like sort of pseudo-Victorian kind of San Francisco style right. architecture. And a lot of those buildings came down. 
And uh, they decided they were going to make a Disneyland out of it. Of course, Disneyland didn't exist yet. But they were going to go Disneyland, and they were going to make it for tourists. And they were going to institute this Spanish Revival style so that things looked nice, mm-hmm. so that it would be attractive for tourists. So we built, not, not only do we build back the mission, but then we built like this courthouse, which is awesome. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. It's not as old as you think it is. It was only built in the 1920s. It's yeah. not hundreds of years old, right. you know. A hundred years old. Yeah. And so <laughs> so the joke is everybody's got to you know, paint their stuff white and put a red tile roof on it. But that's what Santa Barbara decided to do. And as oppressive as that might be, as uh, much power as the architectural review board might have, and then you might object to that, I don't know. I hate to say it, kids, but the the alternative is Ventura. I love Ventura. Ventura's great. But come on, man. No, yeah, you've touched on something that uh, also, as a newcomer, yeah. strikes me as odd. <laughs> because I lived in Ventura when yeah. for the first several months when I moved here. Yeah. And to this day, I don't get how Ventura is how it is mm-hmm. and Santa Barbara is how it is and how, how radically different they are well, see, when basically it's the same coastline. And see, not only you that, know. but I mean, most of California is like Ventura. Most of the coastal California is yeah. not like Santa Monica or Santa Barbara. Most of it is like Ventura. It's like, or like, or when you get off the coast, it's like Santa Maria. Yeah, yeah. And Santa Maria could be Texas, for goodness sakes, yeah. you know, for, uh, it could be yeah. any, anywhere. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, it doesn't have the same... Uh, you know, je ne sais quoi yeah. that the Santa Barbara has because it's just, I'm sorry, kids, but I go up there on TV Hill or I go up there in the Riviera and I look over Santa Barbara and I go, man, it just looks so nice. Yeah, they have gone to the effort. Yeah. You can tell. And uh, and it, it pays off. You drive around and you're in a nice town. And like I say, the Carpinteria is a little bit of an offshoot of that. I don't ever want to compare the two. Carpinteria oh. is so totally unique. Uh, in terms of being a small, quaint beach town, Santa Barbara outgrew that notion long, long ago. Yeah. Okay, it's more of a metropolis uh, uh, along the sea uh, with real nice buildings, like we're saying. But Carpinteria right. yeah. is its own little thing, well, and and as far as its history, it, it was it was oil, it was asphalt, right, it was right. boating, it was construction, right. um, and and it brings us to the to the to the current day. And I wanted to run this by you since you're in this mm-hmm, industry, mm-hmm. the motel industry. One of the bigger <laughs> issues, if you can call call it. <laughs> Being in the industry, yeah, sure, okay. Well, you leave the light on for us. We really appreciate that. Uh, but this uh, one of the hot issues here is the Surfliner Inn and the proposed oh, hotel yeah. that they want to put near oh, the railroad yeah. tracks. Oh, yeah. And there seem to be two definite schools of fr- thought here. Yes. And, uh, and it has not fleshed out. Uh, last we heard, and we don't want to date this too much, but the, the, uh, the city council here has, has approved it on a three-to-two mm-hmm. vote. Uh, there are still challenges. There are still uh, citizens taking uh, signatures on petitions. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, there are probably there are likely court challenges coming down the road. Uh, what's your take on it? Uh, you know, the, the schools of thought seem to be, no, yeah. we need the parking right there at the train depot. And also, we already have a motel district out where you work. So why put that there? Well, okay. First of all, I won't pull... Uh, Wimpy, no comment on you because that would suck. Well, you're a citizen. Everybody that here's got to take. Yeah, uh, and of course I do. Um, but you'll notice that 
and I, stick with me here. You'll notice, Mayor, or maybe you have noticed that I have not, I have not publicly taken a position on this project. I'm happy to uh, promote the news articles for and against it that I see on the internet. I put them on Carpenter Rail World Save Speech as the admin there. I'm happy to have the discussion about whether you love it or whether you hate it, as long as people can keep from throwing rocks at each other. It's fine with me. I personally have avoided expressing an opinion because I just haven't wanted to wade into the middle of it. Like, have people come to me either for or against it. Like, I agree with you, great, or, oh, I hate you, you suck. So I haven't really, I haven't expressed an opinion. And honestly, and I will, I will express an opinion, but it's probably not going to be what you want. Um, it's a divisive issue. Well, I know this going the, in. The thing is that I, I tend to be, <laughs> I tend to be, everybody's buddy. So I'm kind of trying to agree with everyone, but it's hard to when they're opposite sides of the issue. And my issue is that I can't say what's going to happen if this uh, hotel is built, but it's probably not going to be as bad as the people that are against it are reporting with this loss of the parking lot or I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. I've seen the pictures of the hotel and I'm not sure what's happening with the underground parking and the, I don't know what they can do there because it's so close to the ocean. And and the last thing I heard on it was they've downsized it considerably. They're, you know, the, uh, the three to two vote yeah, approving it was conditional yeah, yeah. on it being smaller than they proposed. So I'm I'm kind of open about it. I'm I'm not gonna condemn it outright, but I'm not ready to sign on to whatever they feel like doing at the same time. Uh -huh. So I'm I am striking the balance. So I'm still kind of coming down on both sides without picking an opinion. But I generally support it if they can do it well. Um, yes, that parking lot, it comes in handy. And yeah. we, we have some real issues with parking in Carpinteria and that needs to be addressed independent of the, uh, surf liner in. And, and that keeps changing. And if, if I may, you're expressing what I hear from a lot of locals yeah. in that we need more information. We really well, don't that's have it. all the information. That's on it. So, so I think, I mean, I don't know exactly what the final sign-off of the project is going to be. So, yeah, uh, it's still... Like so said, what's, what's we're the, still fighting this what's out. What's the parking going to be like? How yeah. is it? How big is it? I mean, I've seen the pictures and stuff, so it looks pretty good, good size. It's going to take up that whole damn lot. Right. But, but I don't know how... I don't think it'll affect the area as much as people seem to think. Well, above all, is the spot going to still be there yeah. and survive. Uh, they're uh, they're grandfathered in and so I'm That's sure, where I'm putting my I'm sure eggs, they're going to build a cement wall around it if they have to. <laughs> I not, sure hope so. They're not moving the spot. <laughs> but um but you know I so I but I wonder but certainly and that's a, some that's something that should be an issue in Carpinteria and is not. And I kind of don't really understand it coming from places like Santa Barbara where parking is a real issue. And 
it has been for a long time. And, uh, you know, they've got the whole system downtown with the, you know, the, 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 the downtown merchants or chipping in money. So you get 75 minutes for free and that's really great and stuff. Carpinteria, it's just kill or be killed out there. Yeah. And on the weekends, these lots that we have are just full up and it's just deadly out there. We really need to do something like, I'm sorry, kids, but, and I, I know I've just talked badly about her neighbors down in Ventura, but have you seen the lot that's just off Main Street in downtown Ventura? Yes. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's helping what they it's need to do awesome. right now. Yeah. They just needed that so bad. And they built this thing and it's whatever, four stories or whatever it is, you know, and I'm sure it's blocking some mountain views somewhere or whatever, yeah. you know. But you know what? It needed to be done. And so someone needs to put a another story or maybe two in that lot downtown carp. You know, that's uh, the, the, I think that it needs to be done. Okay. We just don't have enough parking in Carpinteria. And 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 not building the hotel won't fix that problem. That's for sure. That's you have a point there. That's true. It, no. The parking thing is the first thing that comes out of people's mouths as far as objecting yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, what's the plan? I if mean, the, if the hotel is defeated, those problems are not going mean, to go away. I have problems finding parking space. I understand. So, yeah. I understand. I don't necessarily agree with, but I understand how people feel like they want you to get off their lawn. Um, the times they are changing yeah, and in Carpinteria and in America and nothing is what it used to be. And Carpinteria is not the community that it used to be. And it will never be again, unfortunately. And people mourn the loss of what they feel was like a better time because people were, I don't know, honest or they'd hold the door for you or they'd, help their friends and now it's just those kids out there and they're on their iPhones and the stupid, you know. And so everything is never as good now as it was when you were younger. And and there's a certain amount of that happening with the residents of not just Carpinteria, of just everywhere, that things aren't what they used to be. And you're right, they're not. But they can't be. And so we have to we have to we have to guide our destiny. We can't let it happen accidentally to us. Right. Better to be proactive about it and say, okay, we're going to build some more parking downtown. Well, we don't want parking downtown. We don't want anybody to come. We don't want this to... No, you're going to need it, so we're going to have to build it. Let's be smart about it rather than going, oh, my God, it's an emergency now. we got to slap together whatever we can. Right. Well, this gets back to what I was talking about, the one-on-one expansion and why we're so heavily impacted by it. You just hit on it, yeah. okay? We need these things. If you're adding a lane, the people are going to come. And not just to get to Santa Barbara. Oh, exactly, no. More and more of them and are going to take the Linden Avenue off. Honestly. More and more of them are going to check us out this and want to be here. This is something that I'm not afraid to take a position on that is controversial. And that there are people that will hate me for this. I say, bring on the tourists. I say, let them come. Let them stay in our hotels. Let's build some more hotels. Let them stay there. Let them spend their money at our stores. 
Let them experience Carpinteria. How awesome it is. Maybe they'll want to come back next year and spend their money again. Right. We're so heavily involved in tourism. I'm sorry, kids. No, that's we a good need, thing. We need the tourists. But we the, need them. We but have the natural... To, but we have to be smart about what <laughs> it is that they're going to be doing here. We don't want them to ruin it for us. But you know what? Let them come. Right. The natural extension of that being... So many of them will come who've never seen it. So many of them will come who have. And they'll stay. And they want to live here. Oh, my God. They're going to want to live here. Let us stay. <laughs> oh, my God. And there, but that hits on what you said about controlling our own destiny and, and future. Yeah. The more people that's, that, the more demand that there is to actually stay yeah, here and set yeah. up residence well, here, I you're going to have to make some I changes. I get it. I get it. As a guy who, when, I, when, I, when my mom moved us out to Goleta, she bought her house out in Goleta for $55,000 in 1976. Mm-hmm. And Which was a hell of a lot well, then. It was, it was, That's it was, a high-priced it was, house. It was, it, was a good, it was a good price for a house, but it wasn't like millions like it is now. No, I realize. It, it, but it was, you know, it was more reasonable, but it was still it was a lot of money. But it's like, I don't know, it's like we don't want anybody to come here. And when, then, when things get more expensive... And they're more expensive everywhere. We freak out about it. Like, like uh, I, there was some reaction on World Safest Beach the other day about uh, Eva Mendez and what's-his-face, her husband. They're looking for a full-time house. They're selling their house in Los Angeles. And they've had a vacation house here in Carpenter I saw that since post. 2014. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the speculation is maybe they'll move to Carp full-time. Who knows? You know, they're looking for something. And it's like people are so freaked out about them and that they'll drive the property values up and you'll never be able to buy a house in Carpinteria because George Lucas lives here yeah. or whatever. You know, it's like, no, no, <laughs> no. Because you know what? If it's not George Lucas, it's somebody else you never heard of that's got almost as much money as George Lucas has got. Right. It's not the celebrity. It's just, and it's the people with all the money are coming and making it horrible. You know what? Guess what? You got to feel good about that. I guess these people with all the money that could live anywhere in the world choose to live in your neighborhood. Yeah. So enjoy it. You know, I'm sorry. Enjoy it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't buy a house here. It sucks. It sucks. Do you know how many friends I have that I went to high school with that are gone? that could not afford to live here and now live in some fucking basement in Boise, Idaho or whatever because that's what they can afford. Right, or Las Vegas. Or Las Vegas, exactly. That sucks. (laughs) It sucks. And you know what? I agree with them when they feel that it's like wrong. But you know what? (sighs) This town doesn't owe it to anybody. Sorry, no. It doesn't. True. Owe, it doesn't owe it to be affordable for the locals. I hate to say well, that. Supply and demand is what it is, especially when it comes it. to those places. And I've been a victim of not being able to find a place. Tell, let me oh. tell you, I oh, got, yeah. it takes luck, yeah. and that's what it took for yeah. me to land here. Yeah. And um, uh, hopefully, we're gravitating toward a state where it won't be so much based on luck. Uh, like I said, as we control our own future and as expansion comes, however. However, it happens, small or large. Right, right. Uh, it's got to be in such a way that you know everybody at least has a shot at it. That's what I would like to see, because too many people are just frozen out right now. Well, and 
it seems like that's always been the case, mm-hmm. and that's been that's in this been, area. Yeah, in this area, I can't, I can't say about Bakersfield, but I can say about, <laughs> about here. I I've never my whole life I've just assumed. I mean, the whole idea of property ownership in Santa Barbara is just out of the question for most people. I mean, right. I I always thought, well, I could move to Boise or I could move to somewhere and do okay. But if I want to stay here, guess what? I'm going to have to rent. Yeah. And and as wrong as that is, it is just the way that it is. No, you do what you have to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. We're with David J. This is something to carp about. Happy thoughts! <laughs> and we'll be right back. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. We've been chatting with David J. on this very first edition of Something to Carp About. David is the admin of the excellent Facebook group Carpinteria, the world's safest beach. Uh, he had a podcast called The World's Safest Podcast, yeah. and I've been prodding him with a I cattle project, try to get him to go it again. But it, in the meantime, uh, you're going to be my my go-to guy for uh, what's coming up in Carpinteria. That'll be a thrill. We're going to have you back in very soon to talk cannabis How and fun. talk the skate park. And uh, I'm very grateful for you uh, uh, being my special guest on this first well, show. Thank awesome. you, David. <laughs> and anytime I can come up here and look at the view, I'm stoked. We are overlooking Rincon Point. Very blessed, very happy. I'm Dennis Mitchell. This is something to carp about, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.